0: We go to a meal, right? And this meal is so good, right? And you know when you have, you know what happens when you have a good meal? You want a food dance, right? You're
1: like, ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, and internalized oppression means like, this is delightful, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now what if you had just let it out of your body, right? And you'd been like, ah! 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 You look a little crazy. Who cares? You got it out of you. Got the joy out of your body, and the person with you was like, huh, she crazy. That's so much fun, <laughs> and she has some joy. And the server from a distance was like, that table crazy, but that's hilarious. And the server goes in the kitchen was like, kitchen. They're doing a food dance from what they just ate, and the chef is like, damn, I work crazy hours, and that is why I do this. How small was that joy that you kept in your body, and how many connections did it create to just get it out? to say what we just want to say and feel how we want to feel.
2: This is High Tech High Unboxed. I'm Alec Patton, and you just heard the voice of Resistance Communication co-founder Aisha Bain. She sat down with Stanford D. School design lecturer Manasayaturu to talk about how we care for ourselves and live in community with each other. The conversation is moderated by Michelle Pledger, so you'll hear her voice too. Let's get right into it. So
0: I, one of the things we want to talk about today, right, and that we talk about all the time <laughs> is decolonizing ourselves, right? And so when I think of decolonizing ourselves, I think about what disconnects us. I think about power and being our fullest selves. I think about what we are letting go. I think about the wholeness of who we would be if we weren't fighting all the time. And what would be possible in that fullest potential of ourselves. I think about the things that we don't say. I think about joy and celebrating joy. I think, about, I think about being unapologetic. I think about love. I think about rage. I think about pleasure. I think about the fact that I am not trying to get by. I am trying to get... Free. So, what do you think about?
1: One of my favorite poets, you know this, we've talked about this, Wahid, Waheed, uh, she has this book called Salt. Um, and one of the poems in there that is blazes through my brain every time when I think about this is some people, upon hearing your story, contract. Others expand. And that is how you know. You're one of those people that allow me to expand, you know? And when I think about decolonizing ourselves, it's like, what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to expand? But expand in a way that is not based on productivity, not based on what we are who we are and how we show up, but how, how, that we are enough just as we are, period, right? That part. That part. <laughs> um, and I think I think of friendship, you know, that like joy, that connection. When I see you, it's just like, you know, you just, you, I am, you know what I mean? And like inviting more of those that allow us to expand in all the multitudes that we are. We are multitudes, yet the world is constantly putting us in boxes. So I think of multitudes.
0: Mm. Mm -mm. It also, that makes me think about the fact that independence, independence is a fallacy. Independence is a fallacy. The way that we are thought up and brought up and all the things up in terms of we are supposed to be independent and then that makes us successful and it's our bootstraps and it's all this nonsense, 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 right? We are so connected and we need each other and the interdependence is beautiful. So part of the journey I've had, honestly, in the last two years of working through this myself, right? I I grew up with a single mom we had, she's the only blood family I know on the planet. So you do things by yourself and you just get it done. And you're, you're, you're proud of that. When it's survival, and when it's survival, it's survival, that's real. But then it becomes like this kind of crutch that like if I can't do by myself, something's wrong. And I keep doing it by myself mm-hmm. and by myself and by myself. Mm-hmm. And so to be really real y'all, I know like everybody went through a lot during the pandemic, everybody did. And I did too. So I got COVID, technically I coded. Right, um, it's because I was in the hospital, and you know they couldn't quite find a, a heartbeat thing. Um, that, that's they ran all these tests, and that's how they found my thyroid cancer. And it took a year to like recover from all of that, and just health-wise, like physically wise, not mentally wise, right? And then I went on vacation with these beautiful friends of mine. Um, you know, it was like summer of two thousand and one and like things had just opened up and we were going to go travel and they're like come to the caribbean and i was like yes i'm going to celebrate being alive and living and my first night at the hotel i was assaulted you can't you can't like make this stuff up right and i fell apart like true story i fell apart and it was such an evolution for me to one tell people tell people mm-hmm. I might have in the past told one or two people and just out of shame or blame or anything else and just asked them to hold that with me. And I knew that that wasn't going to make it this time, right? In a pandemic and in life, life is lifing. Everyone's going through something. And so anybody who happened to have contacted me at that time, Mm. I told. And if I trusted them and I loved them, I was like, you can tell anybody else in our circle because I didn't have the energy to tell everybody. And so what happened was by doing that, I, I widened the safety net. Mm-hmm. I widened my safety net. And so people called me and they checked on me and they texted me and whatever else. And then one of those person, they, one of those people they dropped because their father died. And someone else came in and came to visit me. And then she dropped because she had to rebuild her home after another hurricane in, in, in uh, New Orleans and someone else came in, I widened my safety net and I swear to you, it saved my life. We are interdependent, symbiotic, symbiosis is like one of the most beautiful things in nature and yet somehow we've decided it's not between us. Mm -hmm. When I spend time with you, it's like I see myself, right? And I'm like, it's this belonging, it's this love that you're allowed to not only give out because I know how to give it, and I didn't know how to receive it in the same Mm way. (sighs)
1: Um, So we we talked about that, and and I think when you told me, I remember in that last part you just said, Aisha, right? Like, don't know how to receive it. The question that keeps coming to mind to me recently is who takes care of the caretakers? And, you know, I look into all your eyes, like, you're here because you care about the babies, right? And, but who's taking care of the educators? Who's taking care of the healthcare workers? We, you know, we've gone through so much collectively and individually. And I remember as, as a little kid, I'm first gen, and my mom would always say, take the best of both worlds, Nana. Take... And I was like, mom, best of India and the US, one that values interdependence and the other that highlights and upholds independence, how might I do that? And I think that's the contrast, right? Like we're in this world, like you were saying, that just pushes this autonomy. Yet we're meant to be with each other, right? We need each other fundamentally and humanly and We're all flawed, we're deeply, deeply flawed, and that's the perfection, that's the perfection. Um, And so I think that rawness and that realness is so needed, and like you said, it expands the safety net. And I think, when I think about the woman in my life and how much y'all hold, and how important it is for us to hold each other
0: I'm not sure exactly what just happened in my body, like, and why I was like on a roller. Coaster. Like, I was like, I'm angry. I love you. I'm angry. I have. Uh, I'm happy. I'm angry. Like, that's literally what was just happening, and like these swells in my body. I was just trying to stay still for a minute so I wasn't distracting. But like I was like, cut. And honestly, y'all, it just we talk about this all the time as well. I have been angry for so long. <laughs> like justifiably, righteously, unapologetically. I'm not apologizing for now, but I have been angry for so long and there's so much around us that makes us angry. Mm -hmm. And I knew what to do with that, right? Anger is a fuel Mm -hmm. and it has fueled my leadership and my work and my decisions for so long, right? And I would keep going. I remember us being as young as five years old. I was a very very large five-year-old, and I'm on the playground of like PS87 in New York City, right, and I remember, like, I was this, there was this boy, and he he took, you know, the big red balls, I remember, you remember these bouncy balls, like, the the kind of pinkish red ones, right, and like, this boy walked up to this girl, and he like, took the ball. I remember, like, seeing from distance, being like, that is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That is unjust. (laughs) Everything in me was like, and so I went over, I took the ball back, and because, again, I was um, taller for the average five-year-old, you know, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) you know, he was like, and I took the ball back to her, and I I probably didn't exactly say this, but in my spirit, I was like, here you go, do you require further assistance? You know, like, (laughs) like, that was my journey with justice and injustice. I remember from the first point, like, Mm. when things are injustice is wrong, and it makes me angry, and I'm doing something about it, right? And then I started working in different human rights and women's rights in India and environmental rights in Mongolia with emergency education when wars and disaster breaks out, right? And then violence against women and girls, like anti-human trafficking, the genocide in Darfur. I was like, I will find injustice and I will stamp this shit out. (laughs) Guess what? I didn't do that. Um, But I did the damn best I could. But there was something... There was something about the rage, and I just kept Mm -hmm. operating from that place. And here's what was happening, y'all. I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And I kept going because I was so angry, and I was exhausted. And I was alienating people around me, and I was exhausted, and I kept going. And the thing about rage, the thing about the fire of rage, was that I couldn't control it. Mm -hmm. And so it began burning other parts of me. And other parts of me that I wanted and that I needed and I deserved and that were mine and that were precious and that I I deserved to have them. And so then people started talking about it, like not just leading from a place of rage, but leading from a place of love. And I was like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> I didn't grow up with... Saying "I love you" all the time, like that was not in my household. You, you showed love by actions. You assumed some love, but you didn't just say it all the time. Like I would say, "I love you," you know. Like I would say, "I love you" to friends. Like I just I wouldn't even say, "I love you." And with this pandemic, y'all, I will, I will never not say what needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Something shifted so hard in me at a conversation with a friend in this room around all the things that go unsaid. I think a lot, like I'm a big-ass big, big ass nerd, and I'm a big overanalyzer of myself. Like, unapologetically, it's just who I am. And I think a lot, and I think about all the things that go unsaid, and all the things I've never said in my life, and what might have been possible if I had just said them. And then I think about all the things that go unsaid in the entire world, and then I think about all the things that go unsaid in the entire world throughout the entire history of mankind, the immensity of what goes unsaid and what might have been, could have been possible if we had said them. Maybe some of it shouldn't all be said and we have different ways of communicating other than words, right? But we don't say what we mean. We keep things inside of us. And I decided after this pandemic, I was going to say them, come hell or high water. Because one of the things about decolonizing, it makes me think of like, what am I afraid of? And why am I afraid of it? And is that fear even mine? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I think there's another part of this, and that's around ego, or like again, this internalized, racialized depression, right? That's like, oh, don't share that with someone, and you have a big ego, and don't share this thing and that thing. Celebrate the joys, like share the joys, right? Share even the smallest thing. Like, think about it. You want to, we go to a meal. Right? And This meal is so good, right? And you know when you have, you know what, what happens when you have a good meal? You want a food dance, right? You're like, ah, ah
1: <laughs>
0: Right? And internalized depression means like, this is delightful, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now what if you had just let it out of your body, right? And you'd been like, ah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. ah, ah, Right? You look a little crazy, who cares? You got it out of, you got the joy out of your body and the person with you, was like, huh, she crazy, that's so much fun. (laughs) And she has some joy. And the server from a distance was like, that table crazy, but that's hilarious. And the server goes in the kitchen, was like, kitchen, they're doing a food dance from what they just ate. And the chef is like, damn, I work crazy hours and that is why I do this. Mm -hmm. How small was that joy that you kept in your body and how many connections did it create to just get it out? To say what we just wanna say. And
1: feel how you want to feel. I wasn't planning to do this, but I, you know, I think I'm pulling up the text that I sent to you. Oh, <laughs> Oh. Uh, and I think that piece that we just said, right? How much do we keep in us? When we, when we come into this earth, again, we're enough just as we are. And then the whole world at all times, starting from chosen or born family, are telling us that we're not enough. And we start to compress and compress and compress. As a baby, I used to just like stand and dance all the time. That's like all I did. I didn't need toys. Yes. <laughs> I just yes. dance all the time. Yeah. And I used to write love letters to all the people around me. And then. The world starts to tell you, that's that's not how you express. That's too much. You're too much. Yes. But when you when you allow yourself to be all that is, and when you're moving from a place of love, because I hear you, Aisha, like assaulted when I was 16, that pain and then that rage and moving into gender equity work, hearing stories of what, thousands of women, we've talked about this, like. It, it boils and then it burns you. right? And I got to the place where my vocal nodules burnt out. So my body was like, "You can't handle this anger anymore because it is burning you. And today I was talking to Elise about this. like when, when you move from a place of compassion, both for yourself and for others, doesn't land, it still moves you, but it lands softly. And so I've been thinking about for myself, how can I be softer? How can I move with that love? And, and um, so the other day I was, just came to you in the, in the evening, and I messaged Aisha this. Took it this, took some time this evening to just be and reflect. And I wanted to tell you this. My heart just expanded in gratitude to be able to share this journey and it's all its vicissitudes with those that hold integrity, care, love, and joy in their hearts and core. Wherever and however far this life road takes us, just know how deeply grateful I am to have you in mine. I'm so proud of you and I want the best for you. I know I never got to hear those words often and I want you and those I love to hear them more. Love you too. Come on now. <laughs> I feel guilty stopping that, <laughs> but I also feel guilty not to your questions so either way i'm gonna feel bad about myself but it's about you (laughs) um so what questions do you have for these brilliant beautiful women
2: the audience didn't ask questions with a mic so i'm filling in here the first question was what has allowed you to be in a space where you feel free to do a food dance
1: unscripting yourself right like even as as you're asking that question you know I think when we hear something in our bodies, it comes up like, "How do I react to this? How do I react to this?" And you can feel it, right? Like, what, like if I say this, and they're gonna think this. If I and you, you can hear those thoughts. For me, it's just been like, just looking more deeply into somebody's eyes, and just stilling that, trying to still that inner voice, and just be like, "You are here." Like what we started with, right? You're just enough in this moment. I'm talking to Michelle. That's where I am. I can't be anywhere else. And I think the other thing that has really helped me is that when I have shown up in that depth of vulnerability, what you receive, you can never you can never quantify that. You can never expect that. It's never it's just so real every time and it's so unexpected. And so uh-huh. my friend Soul, my name means soul. And and i think moving seeing that soul in somebody else and just saying like hey like i'm here we're here and that's enough for now i think that's really allowed me to just be like i can't be anywhere else we're here
0: you mm-hmm. you're like a beautiful example for that of that for me every day cuz i won't front i still struggle with it i do i am haitian israeli i started my first part of my life in new york city first part for I keep saying a third. It's not a third anymore. It's a a quarter. Um, (laughs) Y'all couldn't tell though, could you? (laughs) Mm. Hell yeah. But listen, listen, listen. So (laughs) most importantly, um, so after that quarter, I moved to all white spaces and places. I was in all white Georgia and all white Connecticut and an all white Irish Jesuit Catholic institution for college. Um, So let me be very clear that how much every single part of me became wrong in every environment that I was in, mm-hmm. right? And I'm an only child with a single mom, so there is nobody else. So you better figure out how to do it, right? People are like, have you ever acted? I'm like, every day of my life. <laughs> right, because you, everything we do is for love and belonging. And so I would change my, my, my body posture, I'd change my language, I'd change my words, right? To the point where, if you, if you had three rooms here, right? And this was all white people, all black people, and a mixed room of color, I know exactly how to switch myself with every single room in a second. And every single place, I'm gonna be somebody, I'm gonna be somebody different. I knew, I knew how to do that. It is exhausting. Mm-hmm. One of the ways I got to it is because I was exhausted. Right? And the times where I was exhausted and I had to put it all down because I couldn't do it anymore, and I was like, God damn it, I'm just here, right? And the way people would respond to me, I was shocked. I was like, wait, I didn't put on a show today, but people responded. Maybe those are the only people I actually need. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? And like, the more I did that and the more I experienced that and the more joyful that became, right? And the more like it's filling. People are you filling other people, people are filling you, and the rest you are like... <laughs> And I love this feeling now of being older, right? Because I think when we were younger, we were we were trying to just we're trying to belong in such a way, right? And we're always doing that, right? We're sort of like ah, you know, you want you want this like ah, my students love my class, and they tell me all the time, and oh, you like you like my lesson plan, right? And like we're we're always looking for love and belonging in everything that we say and we do, but we don't need to love and belong to everyone, Mm -hmm. and everyone does not love and belong to us. And that was freeing for me. <laughs> that was freeing for me, right? I was like, "Oh!" And you feel it, like it was this, such a trust of a feeling to be like, "I just met you, but I, I know you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're you're mine. you we people, right?" Mm-hmm. And it's isn't it the best feeling? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the best feeling? At all you're like, "Ah, my people." So I I wanted more of that, right? And I just I needed to take. Take it off, let it go, put it down, let it go. I, I don't know, I don't always know the way. How, how, do, how do any of us always know the way or the answer? But sometimes I know what I, what I don't want or don't need. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I still don't know what I wanna be when I grow up, right? But I'm like, it ain't that, I'm done with that job. <laughs> That's still beautiful, powerful information and direction and light and illumination. So I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, I, I'll be honest, y'all. I'm in a, cause we friends, right? We family, we fam. Um, I was in a place right now, and I'm in it right now, in September, I had moved myself across the country a couple months ago, last year, anyway, and I was like, I'm putting myself in the bay, and I'm going to double down on my business, and I'm going to find myself where the money is, and I'm going to stabilize everything, and it's going to grow, and be bigger, and badder, and badder, and bigger, and capitalistic, and shit, and it's going to be great. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And... I moved myself across the country and I was, you know, it had been the pandemic and I was in downtown Baltimore and I just like, I need nature, I need greenery, I need to look at something beautiful and it's gonna be beautiful and life is gonna be beautiful. And so I moved myself this place and I looked at out trees and in the distance I could see the fog roll in from the the bay, right? And I was like, this is gorgeous. I'm supposed to be here, it's all gonna work out. And I'm there day after day and week after week and month after month and I'm still unhappy and unwell. And I was like, just turns out in a different zip code. Y'all, I wish I had made a less expensive realization. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, But that was the truth. And I was like, I don't know what's next for me. But I know it's not this. And I have to let it go because there's no space for anything else. There's no space for me to figure out and discover what that is. So I, I'm an extremist. You don't get to all do it this way, but I was like, that's it, it's all going. I sold all my furniture, I let go of my lease, I'm closing my company, I'm letting go of people that no longer serve me. I think that one of the biggest things is letting go of whatever idea I thought I had to be at this moment, in this time, in this thing. I just had to burn it all down. <laughs> it was like if I let it go, I have space for something else. And I'm still trying to figure out what, what that is. If y'all got a couch, let me know but letting go was a a massive thing that has allowed me to also make space to expand into something else, into this next evolution of self.
1: Snapped (laughs) at (laughs) that. It makes me think of the word, there's a Pali word, just a dead language, but um, it's called and it It essentially means that like second by second, we're changing right? We're constantly changing, yet we hold on to these identities and these things, because they have, they help us yes. sort of navigate this world, right? But what might it look like when you meet someone to know that they're constantly evolving? And that's okay. Like, meet each other where we are and let go of what doesn't serve us, right? Like, let go of what doesn't serve us. And so I think that... That, uh, that, that allowance, that allowance and that acceptance Mm -hmm. is both hard and also Mm -hmm. freeing as hell. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anybody else?
2: This question was, when you slip into coming from a place of rage, how do you recenter yourself so you're coming from a place of joy?
0: Um, I slip all the time. Mm -hmm. We are human beings. Mm We have emotions. Emotions are energy. It took me until like yesterday, or, but recently, to understand that like we just put good and bad labels on everything. We put black and white labels on everything. This energy is good, that energy is bad, this emotion is good, this emotion is bad, this way of being is good. What if it's all us? And what if it's all good? I mean, if if you never got mad, I'd be like, I don't trust you. <laughs> You know, also, if you don't eat chocolate, we can't be friends, but like. <laughs> like, there, it is, we are evolving mm-hmm. full beings. Like, we are a spectrum of color. Like, when you asked me the question, all I saw were like colors. Mm-hmm. Like, the colors keep moving through us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every single color is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's yours, it's righteously yours. Mm-hmm. Be angry when you need to be angry. I think one of the things, and I, I want to hear from you, Manasa, so one of the things that just makes me think about is being honest in that journey, that's one of the things that's like everything that we're doing, like we we get to embody and live the life and future that we want now.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We get to embody and live the future now. And so for me, when I'm an example to myself by just what I'm doing, but also to clearly everyone around me, right, especially our, our young people. So getting... You have rage and you get to talk about it and be like, this is why I'm angry today. This is why I'm struggling today. And this is what I'm, I'm just holding. Maybe you're not even doing something about it. We have to do everything all the time. We don't have to fix everything all the time. I'm just angry today. But you get, we get to share what's with us. Why? Just the sharing. And you never know like what else you sharing, like, what that allows for somebody else. Who else needed to hear that? Just as it is, the raw, simple truth. There's a quote from somebody that says, um, share the story of the mountain you climbed, your words might become the pages in somebody else's survival mm-hmm. guide. We just never know like, when we're sharing what other, someone else needed to hear. And it's not just the mountain as a struggle, but of, of like, again, of joy. Like, I finally just bought this little ass apartment for myself and it may not seem like much, but it's my little apartment. And someone else is like, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, 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 I still get mad. And I, I think less that I, I'm less ashamed about it. I don't, I'm not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to judge it. I don't judge it less. I mean, I don't judge, I'm trying to judge it less or not judge it at all. <laughs> um, and also move it through my body.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. when it's, when we do this, and you can feel it, right? You are, we are harming ourselves.
1: I'm harming myself. What does that make you think of? <sighs> um, oh, rage comes up all the time. I remember when I first—I'm re- small as hell. I'm five foot one. My personality is bigger than that, but yeah, yeah. I. People never like, think of five you foot larger one, than but life, girl. You larger I, uh, than life. <laughs> I remember I was in first grade and this boy pushed me off the swing. I can still taste the gravel and it hurt and like it got scratched up, but the thing that hurt the most was the words, you're too brown to be on that swing. And I remember like that, I still feel like the hot tears like coming down my face and I ran and I ran straight into my first grade teacher's arms, Mrs. Shelton. And um, she let me cry. She was, she was this judgment-free space, she let me cry. And then she pulled out the color box like the little Crayola boxes I don't know if we still use those anymore but yeah pulled out the box and she's like look at this honey look at all these different colors like we need all of them right? The reason I say that is like that was a moment of rage that got transformed into love and then she cancelled the lessons for that day and we talked about colors <laughs> and I think when I think about that question it's like it comes up all the time. like I can't imagine a day I go by that I'm like, this is not, like when we talk about justice, like we've all experienced this, just like that innate sense of like, this isn't right. And I'm going to move with integrity and be my most authentic self because everybody else is damn taken. And that, I think that like self-acceptance and love is just such a lifelong journey. And I think that again, that gentle acceptance and knowing that like rage will come up, but how can I reach out and hold Aisha's hand or give Michelle a hug or talk to Ali and just feel that sense of like, we're in this shit together. Like I think that allows for me, like I'm not in it alone. I know I'm angry right now and I can call some folks and be like full angry, get it out. (laughs) And that also remind me of the love I have and the love we have. And I think self-care today, right? Being Indian American mom, I am finally integrating both. Uh, I do think we, you know we pull a lot of self-care today that's like yoga, spa dates, whatever it is, but real self-care, y'all, is being in community. It's being in community. So that's where I remind myself of love because it's more there despite these capitalist systems, despite everything going around the world, that hug from a teacher, I will never, ever forget that. Mm
0: -hmm. Is there like one last question?
2: This audience member shared a Maori proverb. I'll just say the English translation, which is, with your food basket and my food basket, the people will thrive.
0: Thank you. What was your name? Thank you, Claire. Claire? Yeah. Claire. Claire. With your full basket and my full basket, people will thrive. And I love the emotion. Thank you for sharing that. Like it really, it really matters. I was flippant about like my letting go, right? And I was saying it casually, but I don't know why you just said what you just said. Just made me think of this. <sighs> Obviously, doing something like that, right? Like. Deciding that it's just time for a total, complete change. Mm-hmm. Right? This evolution's happening. I don't even know what I'm doing. I know I gotta try to take some other risks in the process. Right? And there were two things that happened. One was, I kept asking myself the question, what am I willing to risk for joy? Because I knew what I was willing to risk for what I believe in. That was very, very, very clear to me. Mm-hmm. I can do that in a second, but what am I willing to risk for joy? And I stopped and I kept asking myself the question every day because my comfort with the question would change and how I answered the question would change. The other thing that was really critical for me was for the first time in my life, don't ask me why it took this long, but you know, it, for all of us, our different journeys. For the first time in my life, I knew that I had enough skills and abilities to make a living, and if I could make a living, I could take the risk. Mm -hmm. It may not always be who I want to be doing with or where I want to be doing it, but I can make a living, so I can take the risk. And maybe most importantly out of everything else is I will never, I will never ever know all of the people who came before me Mm -hmm. that made my choices and chances possible. And so how can I not take them? Mm -hmm. The choices and chances that are possible for you to be you, right? Right? for your love, for your acceptance, for your belonging, for your connection. Everything we're doing, in my mind, is for love and belonging. Sometimes what we wear, what we say, what we don't say, how loud we sing, all these other things, we're like, love me, I belong, I belong, Love, right? But we love and belong to ourselves yes. first. Yes. First, 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 and when you come from there, everything else is clearer, lighter, and you will find those that see your light and want like the light that you share. Those are the only ones we need. Right? And that doing that within ourselves is our own way we start to get free. And we create that possibility of freedom for others just by what we do, by what we say, how loud we sing, how loud we eat, <laughs> how loud we laugh, how loud we love. It's endless possibility when we do that. <sighs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> high Tech High Unboxed is hosted and edited by me, Alec Patton. Our theme music is by Brother Herschel. Huge thanks to Aisha Bain, Manasa Yaturu, and Michelle Pleasure for sharing this conversation with us. Thanks for listening.